Christ alone will I glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. For I've been blessed beyond all measure, and by his strength alone I overcome. Oh, I could stop and count successes like diamonds in my hand. But those trophies are not equal to the grace by which I stand in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. In Christ alone will I glory, for only by his grace I am redeemed and only his tender mercy could reach beyond my weakness to my need no i seek no greater honor than just to know him more and to count my gains as losses to the glory of my Lord, in Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope. Amen. All right. That's a blessing. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would, go with me over to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. And I uh, want to share something I think will be a blessing. Um, the good thing is, is um, I'm used to preaching in Spanish, so I'm not very comfortable. We've been in Mexico for the last 20 years, and so I'm not real comfortable preaching in English. So it ought not to be very long. I don't imagine it will be, but I hope that uh, we'll get something from God's Word that'll be a blessing to us. So if you've got Matthew chapter 13, if you'll stand out of reverence for God's Word, and uh, we will uh, read a couple of verses of Scripture here. Uh, if we can go ahead, we'll just read them together. 
Uh, Matthew chapter 13, uh, verse number 10, and we'll read it through to verse number 13. Now, if we can read uh, together and slowly, that will help me out a lot. Amen? All right. So, Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through, uh, verses 10 through 13. All right? Let's begin. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this evening. Thank you, Father, for the good spirit, and thank you for the songs, and, and most of all, thank you for your presence among us and Lord God I just pray that even in these few moments that we have that you'd give us something from your word and help us Lord just to be honest and examine our hearts and to see exactly where we are in relation to where we should be Lord God I just ask that you would just uh, use your word in our hearts and lives and uh, just you allow the Holy Spirit to be able to have free course and free reign and uh, help us to humble ourselves if there is something you were to lay on our hearts something that you want to reveal to us, Lord, I just pray that you would do it this evening, Father, and help us, Lord. Lord God, we love you. Pray for your blessings now, and I need you. And so we ask, uh, Lord God, for your blessings. And I said in Christ's name, amen. Maybe seated. Here in this portion of Scripture, the disciples are asking a very interesting question, asking a question that's kind of a, a good question. Why did the Lord Jesus Christ decide to speak in parables? What was the purpose of that? And the Lord goes ahead and he explains that there's people among us, some of them will get what I'm saying and some of them will not get what I'm saying. Some of them will receive the spiritual lessons that I'm trying to give out and some of them, although they are here with us, although they are listening, it's just not going to enter in. And they're not going to be able to receive it. And I thought that's very interesting because many times you and I can be sitting in the exact same service and God's speaking to one and God's moving in the heart of one while there's others of us that sometimes our, our hearts and our minds are in a different place and we're not really getting it and it's not getting in. And I think it's exactly what the Lord is trying to say here that you and I ought to always be ready to take our temperature, our spiritual temperature and see if we're in the place where we ought to be. Because just because we're in the house of God does not mean that our heart is here in God's house. Our hearts and our minds and our, uh, our preoccupations could be in other places and we could be worried about other things that are going on and uh, not focusing in on what God has for us. But I would like to know just briefly, I'd like us to take a look at what are some signs that maybe we're getting a little bit cold in our walk with the Lord. One of the blessings of being able to come back, I think, Pastor says it's been a long time since we've been back. I think it's been six years since the last time we were here. And uh, One of the blessings is being able to report back to you guys, report back to the supporting churches. 
But another blessing, and this is a little bit selfish on our part, it charges us up to go back out onto the mission field. When we come and we see churches that are serving and we see people that say, I've been praying for you, Brother Brian, or we see people that have been diligent know who we are when we come into a church, that's a blessing. And to know that we have strong churches back home that are praying for us and that are concerned about us. And then if we write a, a prayer letter say, hey, we've got a real concern about our safety in this area, please pray for us. To know that we have churches back home doing that uh, charges us up, encourages us, and, and heats us up so that when we head back to Mexico, uh, hopefully we'll do even more for the Lord. Even as missionaries, it's possible to get cold. Amen. And you say, well, I'm here, it's, it's a Sunday night, Brother Brian. Obviously, I'm one of the faithful ones. Amen, I'm glad you're here. But that doesn't necessarily indicate the position of your heart. So you and I need to constantly be examining our heart. I want to look at just a few things to find out if I'm getting cold in the things of the Lord or not. Number one, how do you know when you're getting cold? Number one... When you start to consider coming to the church of God as an obligation instead of a privilege. Amen? I can't remember how many times I've heard kids in the children's home, they say in Spanish, of course, they say, well, we've got to go to church. Well, no, no, I tell them, I say, you don't got to go, you get to go. Amen? It's the house of the living God. What a privilege it is for you and I as believers to come to the house of God, a place that God has blessed. God has blessed the local church. This is where God has designed uh, uh, His will to be carried out through the local church. Amen? And you and I are privileged to be saved by a, by a creator. If you've made that decision for Christ, we're privileged to be saved by a creator that loves us. And he didn't just leave us here on the earth and say, well, someday I'll meet you in heaven. No, he left us the word of God and the local church. So it's a privilege. If you would go with me over to Acts chapter 20. We'll just look at a verse real, real quick here. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Let's look at... Verse number 28, Acts chapter 20, verse number 28. Look what it says here, it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Amen. Talking about the church of God. The church of God, although this is a beautiful building, this building is not the church of God. You are the church. You've been saved by the grace of God. You are the church and you've been purchased with His blood. And it ought to be a privilege for us to go to the house of God. We've forgotten the price that Jesus paid for His church. We've forgotten that without the blood of Christ we remain lost and in our sins. And it's our privilege to be able to come to his house and to be able to, uh, to, to separate from a world that's dry. Amen. Amen? You go out there, my friends, you go out and see what the world has to offer. Teenagers, you go out and see what the world has to offer. Can I tell you they have nothing to offer you but heartache? Absolutely nothing to offer us. Adults, the world has nothing to offer you. But the church of God has been blessed. And you and I ought to be faithful to the house of God. 
In Psalm chapter 63, we're talking about how it's, it's, it's a dry place out in the world. But look what uh, Psalm 63, I'll just read it to you and you can look it up later. Verse number 1 says, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And I tell you what, we're living in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But what a blessing it is to come to the house of God. What a blessing it is to be able to get together with other believers and to shake hands and to smile and to talk about the things of God and to think about how good God's been to each and every one of us. You and I ought to realize that God desires to use us, but He desires to use us through the local church. Here's a couple of signs real quick that maybe you're getting cold in this, in this subject of the church. You no longer arrive to the house of God on time. Amen. If someone arrived late today, I did not see you. Amen. This is not directed at anybody. Uh, amen. Some people are looking around at other people right now. Amen. Hey, hey, once in a blue moon, it may happen. But if it's your custom to constantly arrive to the house of God late, you might say, Lord, help me to have a love for your house. Another sign of maybe getting cold in this area is that you no longer volunteer for church projects. You wait for somebody else to volunteer, right? The pastor gets up here and they make announcements. Or Brother Kavanaugh gets up here and they say, we need so many people to do this. We need so many people. And you're looking around waiting for somebody else to raise their hand. That might be a sign maybe getting a little bit cold uh, in this matter of the church. Or you no longer come to the activities of the church. You say, well, I go, I go Sunday and I'm there, and I'm in my seat, and I'm in my place, but when there's activities, you automatically put those things aside as extra credit, right? Remember in school, you had extra credit. You could do it or not do it, but you were good to go if you got 100. Uh, can I tell you what? What a joy it is to raise your children in the house of God. Amen. To be able to bring them here to hear, hear God's word preached and to be able to have activity around other people of like faith. One of the signs you might be getting cold in your walk with the Lord is the fact that you think that it's, a, it's an obligation to go to the house of God instead of a privilege. Look at the second thing. How do we know if we're getting cold? When problems come, worry is your first option instead of prayer. Yeah? I mean, we just you know what we do? Problems start to come in our life and we start to look for solutions. Anywhere else besides to God. They say, well, I, I know this. My, my uncle, he's got some money. Maybe he'll help me out. Yeah? Or, or I, I got this figured out, and I can do this. Can I tell you what? I think our Heavenly Father many times is just waiting to bless us. He's waiting to help us. But many times you and I are quick to come up with our own solutions, and we leave God out of the equation. And can I tell you what? That's sad. I believe God desires to help us. I believe as his children, he wants to help us. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. But many times what you and I do is we want to do it ourselves. I, I remember my boy, Wyatt, amen? I remember when he was learning to tie his shoes. That's exactly what happened with him. I, I, I guided him. I tried to help him learn how to tie his shoes. Amen. He knows by now. You still know? You know how? To, okay, good, very good. He knows by now. 
But uh, uh, he, he, we got to tie his shoe, and then he'll, he'll sit down there, and I'll watch him start to tie his shoe, and he'll take this, this lace through here and that lace through there, and boy, he gets it all backwards, and next thing you know, there's a big old knot in it. And I say, I can help you, son. He, no, 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 I'll get it. Let me help you. I, look, you're doing that wrong. No, no, I'll get it, Dad, I'll get it. You know, I appreciate the fact that he's, he's got encouragement to go for it, right? But guess what? When he gets that big old knot and he pulls it real tight, guess who's got to undo it? Yeah, okay? You understand that? But many times when he's struggling or when he used to struggle to get that done, you know what I did after a while? I just would stand back. It's all right. Because if he didn't see his need for help, how was I to help him? Finally, amen. He learned. But can I tell you what? It's the exact same thing we do with God. Same thing what we do with God. God wants to help us, and, and we're trying to figure things out, and we're trying to do it ourselves. When we have a Heavenly Father that's standing there, and He's waiting to help us, but all we have to do is reach up to Him and say, Lord, would you help me? Amen. Worry should not be our first option. We have to go to the Lord. No doubt you know verses over there. For time's sake, we won't go over there. But we know verse after verse after verse, and no doubt many of you probably have them memorized. And basically the gist is this. You ought to take all of your worries to the throne room of grace and say, God, here am I. I need you. Amen. Don't forget that you have a heavenly Father who wants to help you. You have a heavenly Father who wants to be by your side and to guide you and to direct you when you don't know the way to go. But it requires, listen, it requires one thing first, that you humble yourself and say, God, I need you. I need you. And what I've found over the years is God's always been faithful to answer my prayers, to be there for me in that moment. But it required, first of all, that I humbled myself. I realize my need, just like it is when we get saved. You know what? you got to realize your need. It's more than just a prayer. Amen. It's more than just a prayer. you got to understand your need, right? And you come to the Lord and, and you realize He's your only hope. One of the ways that we find ourselves getting cold is when, when problems come, we let worry be our first option instead of prayer. We'll look at a couple more things. Number three, how do we know if we're getting cold in the things of God? When you choose the entertainment of the world over the word of God. Amen. You get real quiet on this one, right? Why, you know why? Because we almost all do it. It, it. Let's be honest just for a little bit, amen? It's a lot easier to flip through YouTube videos this, than to flip through the Bible. Amen. It's easier for us to get occupied with the things of this world and to be distracted and delayed and to, be, uh, to get to the point where our mind is constantly being filled with the things that this world has to offer. And then when it comes time to the Word of God, we find that we just don't have time. Now, can I tell you what? If you're too busy to find time to spend with God each and every day, if you're too busy for that, you're just too busy. Amen. You know what you and I need every morning? We need that time with the Lord. Oh, well, I've got to do it. No, 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 you don't got to do it. It's your privilege to meet with the Lord. It's your privilege to open up His Holy Word. It's your privilege to get to meet with the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
And you and I are so inundated with the stuff of this world and a lot of it's trash. Some of it's neutral, but still it takes up our time. It consumes our lives. And then we find that we have very little time to walk with our Creator. And that's awfully sad because the Bible tells us how we should be thinking of the world. Let's go over there. Even though you know it, it's not going to hurt us to see it again. First John. First John chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, look over there. First John chapter 2. And we'll look at a verse. Also, you know it by heart, but although we know it, sometimes we don't allow it to get in. Look at verse, uh, chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15. What does it say? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, what? The love of the Father is not in him. Verse number 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And just to make it real clear for all of us, verse number 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Those things that we invest our hours in, our minutes and our hours and our days. Can I tell you what? The Bible declares that the world passeth away and the lust thereof. Those things won't amount to anything at the end of days. But then it goes on to encourage the believer and it says, But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What a blessing. You understand that in this life there's something... I, have no, I know nothing of science, amen? But it makes me sound fancy to use this word. Uh, the second law of thermodynamics, some of you know what it is. What does that mean? Basically that everything is running down. Everything's getting less and less energy. Everything's getting colder. Things are not getting hotter. Everything's going to wind down. If the sun was to go out tomorrow... Uh, then everything would get nice and cold and we would all go on to be with the Creator. Amen? Can I tell you what? It's like that with our spiritual life. If you don't walk with the Lord, if you don't spend time with the Lord, if you don't st spend time connecting with God each and every day and, and asking God help to, to maintain my heart where it needs to be and you don't constantly have maintenance in your spiritual life, you know what's going to happen? Your life is going to get colder and colder and colder. And when your pastor's up here preaching God's holy word, you're going to be looking at the time to find out what time things are over instead of allowing God to speak to your heart. You say, well, that's going to happen to brother so-and-so. No, no, no. It'll happen to you. It'll happen to me. Because why? Because there's a certain law that if we're not up close to God and if we're not holding His hands and we're not trying to strive to walk with Him and spend time with Him each and every day, can I tell you what? You will get cold. These services will be boring. The songs will get old. Amen. But why? Because you've got a cold heart before the Lord. And you and I are, are so uh, filled with the entertainment of this world that many times we don't see that. But can I tell you what? The Word of God is precious. I preached out of Job this morning, and, and Job said that he esteemed the words of his lips more than his necessary food. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. I don't think any, did anybody not eat today. Okay, I think most all of us took care of that need. Amen. 
Now, I'm not going to ask who hasn't read the word, the word of God today, amen? I might embarrass some of us, but can I tell you what? We need to not choose the entertainment of the world over the word of God. Look at another way to find out if we're getting cold. When the souls of men are not worth the inconvenience of going soul winning. Ah, I, don't, I don't really do that, Brother Brian. I, I put money in the offering plate so that you and other missionaries can go out and do that. I, I don't do that personally. Can I tell you what? You are called to get the word of God out. Amen. Amen. You know, Brother Brian, you've got a call upon your life. God's called you to go down and reach people with the gospel. God has given to every child, every one of his children, the responsibility to use our lives to shine for Christ and to get the word of God out to our lost loved ones, to get the word of God out to the people that we come in contact with. And people say, well, I, I just get embarrassed. You know what we do a lot of times? We, we look at somebody else and we say, well, brother so-and-so's got the gift of doing that. It comes easy for him or it comes easy for her. Can I tell you what? It doesn't require a gift. It requires obedience. Amen? Uh, I was raised with a single mother. And, and uh, when my mom, I stayed there at home in the summertime, my mom would go out and work and she would give me a list of things to do. And always on that list was to take the trash out. Well, the trash wasn't just outside the door. The trash was down the street, and it was quite a project. You know what? If my mom had gotten home and I had the trash there, all the trash in the house all built up, and, she's, and she looked at me and she said, Hey, how come you didn't take the trash out? If I had turned around and looked at her and said, You know, Mom, it's really just not my gift. <laughs> I, I really just, it's not something I feel comfortable doing. But do you think that would have flown? Huh? You think my mom would say, oh, okay, sweetie. No, 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 not my mom. Amen. Hey, you think someday when we get to heaven and God says, I told you to be a witness to me, you think that that same excuse is going to stand before God? Well, it's, I just really didn't feel comfortable doing it. Well, it didn't stand before my mom. It won't stand before the Lord. God's called us, he's called each one of us to use our lives to get the message of Christ out to this lost and dying world. And you and I need to get over it. And, and I, can, I, can I be honest with you one thing? It's not easy for anybody to be a soul winner. It doesn't come natural to anybody to be a soul winner, but it takes obedience. And I tell you what, even if I'm apprehensive about going out in the, in the Mexico sun, which is very hot, amen, uh, and going out, knocking on doors. If I get apprehensive, can I tell you what? After knocking on one or two doors, God begins to encourage me. And the Holy Spirit of God begins to, to lift my spirits. And next thing you know, I'm excited about spreading God's word. But first, it requires that obedience. You might be getting cold in the things of God when you're looking for convenience instead of going soul winning. Look at one last thing. Go with me over to Hebrews chapter 3, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. We'll look at the last thing. Hebrews chapter 3, verse number 7. The last way that you might know that you're getting cold in the things of the Lord is if you think that every message is for somebody else. Amen? You sit back and you say, Oh, that's a good one for sister so-and-so. She needed that. 
Huh? Yeah. You get the, the shovel out, you know what I'm talking about? You, you shovel it back to someone else, you get that message. So that's for him, that's for her, right? Look what it says here, Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, we'll look at verse number 7. It says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. First of all, in verse number 7, it says, Today. You know when God speaks to you? Today. Amen? You say, well, maybe tomorrow I'll get that right. Maybe tomorrow I'll confess that sin. Maybe tomorrow I'll, 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 I'll start trying to be the person that God's called me to be. No, no, no. God calls you today because he wants you to obey today. Amen? Look at the next thing. Verse number 8, it says, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Uh, that the, in the provocation is talking about when the Israelites, listen, this is good, when the Israelites were there in the wilderness. And they were there going through the wilderness and they were traveling through the wilderness and they had seen the mighty hand of God. They had been liberated from Egypt. They had been liberated from Pharaoh. They had been liberated from a life of slavery. And finally they're free and they're out there in the wilderness and guess what they do? They begin to complain. They begin to murmur. How many of you have been liberated by Christ? Amen. Amen. You're saved by the grace of God. You've been liberated by the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as wickedly as it was for those Israelites to turn around and to murmur and say, well, God should have been better to them, it's just as wicked for you and I to provoke God in this matter. It says there in the day, it uses the word, uh, uh, and in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. Provocation comes from the word to provoke. Provoke. To provoke somebody is to get up in their face and just kind of tempt them and to push them. Uh, actually, this is one verse that I preached on in Mexico, and we got Brother Diego there. Now, those of you who know, everybody knows Brother Diego? Okay, Brother Diego's not a short young man. Amen? And so we got Brother Diego there, and I, and I got a little, a little uh, tiny child from the church, and I got this child to go up to Brother Diego, and he's looking up at him. All right? He's looking over at Brother Diego, and I said, now I just want you to go over there and just slap Brother Diego. <laughs> now we had talked ahead of time, right? Because uh, he didn't want to slap Brother Diego. He was afraid to slap Brother Diego, but Brother Diego was, he was on board with it. Amen? And so this, uh, this young man was a little bit intimidated, but uh, his pastor asked him to slap Brother Diego. Brother Diego was in agreement with him, so he went up there and he went, boom, slapped him. And, and fortunately, Brother Diego was very gentle with him, amen? Hey, that's provoking somebody. Do you understand that we're when we're disobedient to God, we're provoking him? When we complain about our salvation, we're provoking God. And say, I know you saved me from a devil's hell. I know I didn't deserve anything but to burn in hell for, for all eternity. And I know you saved me, but you know what? I just don't think you're being fair to me. Hey, folks, God is so much better to us than what we, des what we deserve. 
God's been good to us. And many times when God speaks to our heart and he uses the man of God to preach and God by the Holy Spirit speaks to you and shows you something, don't think it's for the other guy. God speaks to your heart it's because he wants to do something. He wants to do a work in your heart. Hey, most of you know the, the song, I Need Thee Every Hour. Amen? Love that song. You know why? Because we do need him every hour. Every single hour. If you, if you know it, sing it with me, right? I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Amen. Amen. We need him every hour. We need his presence. We need his power. We need his guidance. We need him each and every hour of our day. If you find yourself starting to get a little bit cold, you know what you ought to do? Go to my old-fashioned altar and say, God, help me. I don't want to get cold. How many, how many people we met six years ago in the church are no longer here? Oh, well, that happened to them. No, no, no. It could happen to you. But it requires that we're constantly monitoring our temperature. And when we find that there's not that love, that there once was. And there's not that burden, that desire to walk with the Lord. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but you should for at least have a desire to want to walk with the Lord. Let's all stand. Bow your head and close your eyes. Everybody, bow your head and close your eyes. We'll have an invitation. That's all right with Pastor. And uh, as the pianist comes, when the music begins, if God spoke to your heart, if He laid something upon your heart, why don't you come up here to an old-fashioned altar, kneel down, do business with God. Some are already coming. If God spoke to your heart, just whatever it is, maybe it's something that we didn't even cover. It was something that wasn't even mentioned.